It's time for Mature Muscle with Lee and Phil. Hello there, welcome to Mature Muscle. This is episode 19. Today, we have a really, really, I'm really excited about today's podcast. Um, obviously, you're with me, Phil Agostino, and I'm with Lee. Lee, how you doing? I'm good, mate. Thank you. Today's podcast, we have uh, one of my long-term friends and, and his friend on, Gareth Nock. Um, we'll talk about a bit more in, in once they're on. But Gareth is actually the first person who ever gave me a job in fitness. So if it wasn't for him... Um, I probably wouldn't be here. So he's, so I've known him for, you know, I've known him for a long time. I was his best man. Gareth is a fellow fitness instructor. Uh, Carl, I believe is also was in fitness, but what we're going to talk about today as four guys is we're going to talk about um, how they, how we, how they basically fit fitness and eating well into their routine as busy parents. Um, so that's going to be super interesting because we can talk about um, how they do that the psychology of it, how they encourage their kids to exercise. Cause I know that at the moment, especially in lockdown, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if you've had that with your, your, if you've had this conversation with clients, cause Lee, you don't have any kids, do you? I don't have any kids. No. And, I, and obviously I'm new. Cause I literally have two step kids that are kind of acquired recently. So it's, it's, it's acquired. yeah, I've acquired, <laughs> I've acquired them recently. So this is interesting. Cause it'll be interesting for me to hear how they do it. I'm, I'm guessing you know, most of the people listening to our podcast will probably have kids or maybe even grandkids. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they, how they, how they deal with it. And they've got a really interesting podcast, which I'll let them talk about where um, they have a podcast where it's just devoted to talking about issues. Like I went on there and talked about, um, you know, there'll be people listening to don't know about this, but in the last six years I've lost, especially now my nan's passed away, but I've had like three people pass away. My dad went to prison and I've had my colitis. So I went on there and just spoke about my story. So they have a really interesting podcast. So I reckon there'll be people listening to this who might want to jump over and have a listen to theirs. So I'm really excited about that. You can have also, a really- you know, like you said, because we've got a mature crowd on the podcast there, you know, the, the time issue with being a parent and fitting it in is going to be really relevant as well. So I'm hoping that we're going to get some good info and just a bit of a good chat about that as well, how, we, how to make it work. Yeah, and they're both going. I said they've got their own podcast. Well, they're both very well, you know, very articulate. I think, I think it's going to be a really good discussion. And like, we you know, I've not, I've got a few questions, but this is just we're just going to let it flow. Talk to them about their experiences about you know being a parent and you know, whatever comes from that will be hopefully really really valuable to those of you listening. So, should we jump into that now? Yep, sounds good to me, mate. Awesome. We are really, we are off right. I've done an intro. Let's just, Gareth, I've talked about how like, you know, I've known you for 15, 16 odd years and you gave me my first job. I don't know Carl as well. So if you two would like to go, maybe just briefly give a little bit about your stories each briefly, because you haven't got loads of time and a bit about your podcast would be super cool because then they can see in the background what the brand is. And then we'll go into, into today's subject. Sweet. Who's going to go, Gareth, go first. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, uh, this is me, I guess. We're, uh, we're as you said, we're connected um, and indirectly connected to Lee. Uh, and then, you know, for the for the listeners, for those connections, obviously, I'm then directly connected to Carl. We host uh, the We Are Start Talking podcast, which uh, we've been running for over just over two years. Um, and it was a kind of an, a, an I guess, a, an amalgamation of different podcast channels under the same brand. And we kind of just decided that we were trying to build this collective community of podcasts and we wanted to we would kind of have these separate channels. So we just decided to bring everything together and continue to build this podcast channel. Basically, we are all about open, honest, raw, vulnerable conversations. And we're just trying to change the world one conversation at a time. And we we kind of rest a lot on 
the permission having these conversations and things we're even going to talk about today as as doing that every time somebody hears one of those conversations it changes the world so that's kind of where we're at and how we're all connected um as phil said uh, you know i reluctantly that was a joke i gave him his first job um <laughs> and glad thankfully i did because he's uh, he's definitely an utmost uh, professional um, most of the time. Uh, and yeah, so that was a kind of the start of our journey. And at that point I'd been in the industry for probably already five, six years, something like that. And, uh, kind of started bang at like 17. And it, to give you the short version, I pretty much was as, <laughs> as, as we very kindly put it earlier, I was a fatty when I was a kid. So, uh, carrying a little bit excess body fat, and I kind of went through that journey into a teenager, found in this environment that I didn't feel like I belonged in, but, you know, started in the world of fitness as a lifeguard, as a fitness instructor. It wasn't even a personal training certification back then. Uh, they were very new. And then, yeah, went through that. And that was 20, 22 years ago, 21 years ago. So I kind of went through this whole journey of basically any job in the fitness industry that y- you've heard of. I've pretty much done it. Um, and now I work as an online, online fitness coach as well as hosting the podcast and, you know, living in, living in Canada, but originally from the UK with my beautiful wife and daughter. Um, and that's obviously part of that journey. So I'm sure we'll get into that a lot more. Yep. And that's, uh, that's it for today's episode of Mature Hustle. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Fucking 40 minute intro. <laughs> You'll notice uh, right out of the gates, Gareth and I, and this is what brothers do. We don't give each other an inch, nor should we. We hold each other very account- accountable with lots of playful insults and scrutiny. We love that. Um, I mean, I won't I won't reiterate the podcast. It is what it is. We're both blown away. And we should know we have two other, a brother and a sister that are also hosts, Scott and Aaliyah. So there's four of us that are changing the world, hopefully. Not necessarily for the better. Um, but Gareth... I've always been a gym rat and the gym has saved my life on more than one occasion. Um, I had a really bad motorcycle crash years ago and only because I was in decent shape, I think that saved my life. But Gareth was probably my first foray into a legitimate fitness professional. Uh, I was PT for a while, but really just to make a buck and to get a free gym membership. And, and Gareth sort of showed me that hard work, commitment, and actual dedication can create a fitness professional uh, versus the hacks that I had been surrounded by. So he fucked off for a bit because Canada didn't want him anymore. Uh, Then they decided to let him back in. So he he and I, uh, we shared a home together for a minute and we've been best buddies ever since. And, And I'd like to think that I'm a better person because of him. I'd like to think he's a better person because of me and collectively with Scott and Aaliyah and our podcast, we as we're changing the fucking world because I want to commend the two of you. Change okay, I'm can getting be, all I'm getting Okay, all here we go. <laughs> Change can be brutal and it's not easy. And it's, it's, it's the shit that we like to keep in shadows tucked away in closets that nobody wants to talk about, but only once you, you know, turn the lights on and, and really show people what's hiding that's when you can start to elicit change. And I've listened to a couple of your shows and Phil, I follow you uh, on Instagram. I love the brutality to the conversations you're trying to have, man. So compliment to you both. You're doing a fucking phenomenal job. Thank you. Oh, can we swear on this show? I didn't ask. Well, a bit late now anyway. Yeah, it is. (laughs) I swear. Delete. 
We don't edit anything in it. I'm Not editing I'm that. Too, I'm too lazy to edit anything ever. Like, so if we, if we swear and we offend people, then fuck it. <laughs> no, Doesn't I think matter. People, people know what we're about now. It's pretty <laughs> yeah. much enough to get, to get, you know, the honest there, truth. That's there what is. we're here. Sorry, go on, Gareth. I was just going to say, they're either listening or they already unsubscribed. So Yeah, that's why I really have 10 followers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's dive in then. Let's, we're going to talk about being a parent. I'm not a parent, but as I joked about earlier, I've acquired a couple of uh, stepchildren. So that's changed, flipped my life 180 in terms of having more um, of my time taking you know, being happy with responsibilities. Lee, you probably work with parents. Yeah, all the time. And you, and you, and you both, Carl, you have children, don't you, right? Yeah, I have two kids. I've got a 21-year-old daughter and a 10-year-old son. Cool. So let's talk about first then. The thing I want to talk about first is, and this is the reason I want to talk about this, is something I've been thinking about lately with myself. And I said, my my missus is beautiful and she is very, she has very good genetics. She, to her, fat is like five or six pounds off having a six pack. That's, so she wanders around the house, you know, God, I'm so fat in lockdown. And I walk around talking about how skinny I am because I've had a shoulder injury for a year, which I got the MRI results yesterday, so no surgery. So we're both walking around saying that we look like shit where chances are, you know, compared to 99% of people, we look pretty good. And then I'm thinking to myself, and I say to her sometimes, you know, your daughter's 12, your son's nine. They've got Instagram and TikTok and all this. And I wonder how you deal with trying to keep a balance of like not, giving them too much expectation, maybe not making them go down the route of thinking that they can't eat bad, you know, trying to make them grow up as many bodybuilders. Is, how, let's talk about that in terms of maybe like nutrition first. You know, how do you make them, like, encourage them to eat well without making them like get scared of eating bad is probably a good way to start. So we have, um, Gareth, uh, sorry, I'll just jump right in. We have in our house and Gareth knows where it is because whenever he comes over, he knows exactly where the, we call it the sugar basket. So it's it's a cupboard in our house and it's literally it's a basket and it's filled with all the all the poison and all of the shit that you you deserve and you should have in moderation. So our son knows where the sugar basket is. And on Friday nights when we're doing a movie night uh, or if he's got a couple of buddies over, he knows that he can go to the sugar basket and pick a couple of items. It doesn't mean that he just raids it. But 90 percent of the time. When he comes home from school, his after-school snack is a plate of raw vegetables or some Greek yogurt or some fruit or rice cakes with peanut butter. But there has to be that balance nutritionally. Otherwise, you're just going to... So the irony is I'm a perfect example. I was raised with no sugar. I didn't taste refined sugar until I was 12. Wow. Like My mother would take me to the movie theaters and I would have a can of club soda and some grapes. That was my movie theater snack. So sure enough, when I turned 12 and I started getting an allowance and a little bit of freedom, I can go out in the neighborhood. What did I fucking do? I binged for the next five years. Like every penny I had was chocolate, candy, chocolate, candy. So that's not healthy. So just trying to have a healthy balance, knowing that those treats exist and that they are fucking awesome and delicious and you should have them, but it shouldn't be the majority of your diet. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. We had um, a guy called Andy Lane, who's a professor, and his response to that was, um, yeah, their their sugar basket, as you call it, was at the supermarket. So if they wanted it, they had to go out, get in the car and go and get it. And that's that was their way of dealing with it. But I think you're right. There is There has to be a balance there. This reminds me of, like I used to say that, when I went to university, there was always those kids that were brought up, they weren't allowed to drink alcohol or, and those are the ones that basically left after two weeks because they ended up doing drugs and alcohol and they just lost their shit. Cause all of a sudden mummy and daddy aren't there. 
to look after yeah. them. Very similar situation. If you get res- if you get like restricted too much, you almost like glorify it, and then when you get it, you just can't control it. Like yeah, yeah. It's I so mean, that, true. And- that's all. Sorry, Gareth. Last thing. It's also the human condition. Like even the four of us as men try and deprive one of the four of us for an extended period of something that we like. And and it's you know not rocket science. Look what happens is you end up wanting it more and more and more, yeah. and then it becomes this thing that isn't even this thing anymore. Yeah, yeah, and it's typically that you know we've all we've all seen this no doubt in many different forms. Is it just leads to that leads to an unhealthy relationship, right? Whatever it looks like, you know, it's it's bad food or it's junk food or it's this and that, and they're all. I think you know to expand on from what Carl was saying, we also have one of those bags baskets and the top shelf. I'm in a position where I have a four year old, so I can still actually keep her away from it because she's not quite capable enough to get to it yet six months from now might be another story and she was up on the counter this morning getting a glass out the cupboard on her own while i was working so she's probably almost at the snacks but we have that same thing but what it is is just it's it's just food like any other food and where i find my issue is i grew up with those words right this bad this food's bad this food's unhealthy this food makes you fat this food right that that shit and that terrifies me when i hear it as a parent and i hear other people saying it to their kids because it's gonna start to build that relationship and that's where i was and my you know kind of me and my personality and my body and everything else like i'll crave those things like i'm very much a craver of sweet things like after a meal um and when i can't have those things or i feel like it's a restriction it that triggers a lot of mental health shit for me and i can see that Harley's quite similar to me. So she'll, she'll like sweet things. She likes to have a dessert quote unquote, but we have to kind of find ways to do that and navigate that. So from a nutrition standpoint for us, it's about the wording is very important. And, you know, to your point, Phil, that where you started was what you say impacts them a lot. Right. So we just talk about these are, these are, these are treats and these are things that we can have and they're part of your balanced meal. But I also explain that, you know, the vegetables, the protein and the carbohydrates on your meal are also part of that meal, right? It's a whole meal. So you have a little bit of everything and you have a little bit of this because kids are notorious for that as well. Like they'll eat one thing. You'll give them a plate of three or four things and they'll just eat one and be like, I'm full now. Yeah. So navigating that is a massive part in our house as well. I was actually brought up the opposite where I was almost allowed to eat what I want. And now I have like, I'll be honest, I fucking hate vegetables, but I eat them because I know I need to. Me and my brother would quite literally go to the table with Kellogg's cornflakes and stuff. Um, and we'll take the bag of sugar with us. And I would like, that was how we were brought up. So now I, and I blame that. And I have a, now a real bad sweet tooth. So I've come into this house. I've got, I've gone from living on my own. This kind of leads me to what I want to talk about next. I've gone from living on my own where I control the food to living in a house where there's food available. So how do you guys, how do you guys deal with there being food around if you're trying to, are you bad for that? Because I find it quite a struggle seeing them eating chicken nuggets mm. and chips when I'm eating a steak or they're eating like, you know, like chocolate. There's, there was a cake out last night and I'm back on trying to lose a few pounds. And I'm like, you know, I've done my calories for the day. That's it. Like, you know, yeah. walk away from it. But I know a lot of people say to me, like they, they pick on foods, right? When they're kids. Yeah. Do you, how do you do? Do you deal with that well? Or Well, hey, Lee, you just said something really, <laughs> which is a great segue that the professor that you uh, you chatted with, uh, he said the sugar basket is the grocery store. You've got to yep. make an effort. And I remember reading once that the average craving, and I think regardless of what it is, the average craving lasts for 12 minutes. So if you can find a way to overcome that 12-minute craving, it probably doesn't exist anymore. And maybe to your professor's Maybe it just takes that long to get in the car, drive yeah. to the grocery store, stand in fucking line, and then you're there and you're going, well, let's just get some carrots. Or even find your keys. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> like make it a process. But I think it's it's an important conversation because I think we all want to live in a world where we all have this bulletproof willpower. Yeah. But yeah. that's not reality. Like we're fucking humans. So for me, I can't have it in the house because if it's in the house, it's probably in my belly. Mm. I, I'm the same. I, I can't have it. I can't have it in the house. If I have a, if I have a, a, a box of cookies or a, you know biscuits, they're they're gone. I can't I can't do two, and then yeah. walk away. <laughs> I do yeah. eight, or or I'll finish the. I'm just rubbish yeah. like that. So I just don't have them. I don't have them in, and that's my way of dealing with it. I used yeah. to say there was a time where my nan. I remember seeing my nan open up this uh, this dairy milk and break off two squares, eat it, wrap it back up, and I said, you know. Well, what are you doing? And she said, like oh, I, I, I let myself have two a day. Two square. I'm like, I'll have two bars. So like, <laughs> but then that, do you know what's good about this though? This is like, you know, four people that are in fitness and love it who are admitting that they just, I, I've said this to many of my clients. I've said this on podcasts and content. If I could live off pizza and not die of something or get fat, I would do it. And I think it's quite nice and refreshing that there are fitness people like in fitness like us that are willing to admit that we don't love eating quote clean. Like, whereas, you know, a lot of, I've seen it before. I remember, can't remember it was an influence on Instagram was saying stuff like, oh, I would prefer to have green beans and chocolate. And I remember thinking, no, you wouldn't. Yeah. It's quite a refreshing night like, for people to hear us say that. Yeah. It's a struggle for us as well. Like we're, we're... it's the perception of, of, of other people, or especially people we train or people we see in the gym. I don't know. You, you guys must've seen this. You can be out even having a beer in town and you'll see someone and they'll come up to you and go, what are you doing drinking that? It's like, you're not, you're not somehow not because shouldn't you're in the fitness industry and you train that you're somehow some kind of, you know, super solid person who never deviates mm. from chicken and broccoli. I mean, it's sometimes it's a massive shock to them that yeah. we do eat crap now and again. And we, you I, know, yeah. and I had a time when I would actually when I used to wear personal training tops at London Valley, I would actually walk out of the Asda next door with, and I would eat the chocolate bar when I was out of sight. Yeah, like almost. But as of like, I didn't want people to see like this personal training in chocolate. Now I look back, I think <laughs> why it kind of shows that I'm just human, and there is some there is some balance to be had. So yeah. that so for you to uh, Carl and. Uh, that's something you've you know you've brought your having experienced having similar like you've brought up your children to be like appreciate that food is neither good or bad it's like you know there's moderation they just got a better mindset or a better relationship with food from an early age hoping that they grow up to kind of know that it's neither good nor bad and as long as they have a balance they're okay with it which is what more people should do i guess yeah yeah Go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say, I I would agree. And I think a couple of points to this whole conversation is, and there's a few segues in it for sure. But first of all, you have to, as a parent, when it comes to nutrition, and I'm probably just hyper aware of this because of what, you know, the world we're in, but you have to let go of some of your own shit because it's easy to say, like you said, I can't have it in the house, but you know, you know, Carl, how well does that go for you with a nine-year-old? And, you know, you know, Lee, how well would that go if you went into a household and you got like, you know, there was three kids there, like Phil's situation, right? It's like, I'm not going to have it in the house. Like it's try Lee, Lee tackling the children on the way to the cookie plate. <laughs> exactly. my way. I've got bear traps in the kitchen. <laughs> and, that, and that's it. This freight train comes through. Those are my cookies. <laughs> Move it, bitches. <laughs> But it's uh, it's definitely that you got to drop some of your own shit. And what it's taught me to do in the last four years, I was very much like Lee. I, that resonates with me so much where I couldn't have it. I would be the person that would go and, and Phil can attest to this. Like we go on a Sunday and we just go to the store and we buy pizzas and we buy all the junk and shit. And then we go sit and watch like football at my house and just eat it all. 
So then it was gone out my house and it would be finished and then there'd be nothing left in my house and I could control that. And if, you know, if Nikki had something in the house, it was just the two of us, she'd just put it somewhere. I wouldn't find it because she knows I'd eat it. So I could control that now. Yeah. Easter comes around, Christmas comes around, birthdays come around like, and say, Oh, I'm not going to have it in the house. I got candy in there from, I got candy in the house from Halloween. So (laughs) I've had to learn. And this is something that I'm after four years, I'm still figuring out or maybe three years is how to be able to do that how to be able to have one because i can go in i can go in the halloween candy and be like oh look there's all these things there's some fun size fun size mars bars or fun size skittles i've got to the point now where i can have like one little bag or two little bags which is 100 calories and then i can leave it partly that's because i'm not going to steal all my four-year-old's candy honestly i've done that i actually ate a load of the kids food the other day and i was like it's okay i'm an adult i'll go and replace it and she just went yeah. out and bought some more go to the store <laughs> yeah i'm a grown-up yeah you get in the car ah oh, you fools if only you knew <laughs> yeah. what, what about um picking from the kids i've heard this from a few of my clients is that when they're when they're preparing the food for their kids They'll often, you know, the, the chicken nuggets and the and the and the turkey twizzlers. Do you get those, by the way? Do you get the turkey twizzlers in the, in the Canada? No, probably not. No, but too healthy for us. Sim- but they've got this awful processed crap that kids love, and they find themselves picking off the plates, having the bits and pieces, and, and of course they can't track that or they don't track that, so right. they end up like massively overeating if they're not careful. Just from the kids like snacking or finishing off what the kids don't eat or that kind of thing. I imagine you've got to keep an eye on that as well. Yeah, I mean, in our house, we have, and we're not perfect, but we we try to never make two meals. So what we're eating is what our our son is eating, and our daughter doesn't live with us, but she's got she's grown up and moved out. But when she did, it was the same rule. What we're eating, they eat. Now, if there's a special occasion and he's got his friends over and it's chicken nuggets or hot dogs, I'll try my best not to be the cleanup crew, as tempting as it is. Yeah, but I think there's also, and and this will resonate. Uh, Gareth, that one of the first lessons that we tried to teach our kids and and specifically our our son, because he's younger, is to understand what food is. So as a parent, that's got to be your starting point. Understand that Doritos and Tootsie Rolls and Turkey Twizzlers, that's not food. Mm, Yeah. Understand what food is and what food does nutritionally to your body is fuel you and let you grow and be fast and strong and powerful what all that other shit does it's great on the sofa but it's designed to keep you on the sofa yeah yeah so for us whenever maxim is our son's name whenever maxim is asking for something one of the first questions is dude is that food and he knows like no it's not food but it's awesome all right well (laughs) as long as you know it's not food you can enjoy it and then we get back to food yeah that's good advice. I mean, turkey twizzlers definitely aren't in any food group that you could point to. <laughs> <for sure. laughs> what about, um, okay, this, I think that covers nutrition quite well. What about then encouraging them to, to exercise more, especially within lockdown? There's been like almost, especially in the UK, the weather's bad. It's very easy just to let them sit on iPads. Um, phones, Playstations. Playstations. Yeah, it's not like we yeah. say, I mean, I was saying this to my fiance's mum the other day, you know, back when we were kids, we would go out roller skates just because i just bought some roller skates we go out and skate all day we play football now it's like really rare what you do you have them going when it was well i guess pre-covid you have them going into clubs what are you what is your attitude towards trying to encourage them to be active without being the arsehole parent that wants them you know is too pushy for that kind of thing 
Yeah, great, great point. And I can talk to, you know, the the the, the few years that, that I've experienced this and it's somewhat easier. And I appreciate that with a four-year-old because they're a bit more, uh, they're a bit more malleable around what you want them to do. But we, we looked at things like, you know, we, we just found fun things Like we're pretty fortunate. Her personality, she's kind of up for trying pretty much anything and she'll find things she loves. So yeah, we went gymnastics, dance, you know, put her in classes, invest some money in having her go somewhere because, you know, trying to get, as I'm sure we're all aware, trying to get anyone you're related to, to do something is almost impossible if they don't want to do it. So you need someone else to take them through that process. So yeah, we definitely did gymnastics. We did dance. We were fortunate to have some of that stuff open uh, during kind of, you know, during COVID. COVID, but it, it's been a bit of a challenge. I think my biggest tactic when it comes to, you know, and I'm navigating this as the years go on and she gets more of our own opinion on stuff, but trying to make everything active fun. So we move, we be active, uh, you know, whether it's doing dance videos on YouTube with Disney princesses, which she loves doing right now, because it's something engaging. Yes, it's a screen. She's, I know that's going to be part of her life as she grows up, but how do I then incorporate that? If she can watch Disney princess with like a game involved in it, she'll go do it for, she was down the other day for like an hour and to get a four-year-old to do anything for an hour yeah. other than sleep is, is painful. So that's a way to engage her, you know, for example, she's home with me two days a week and she's at daycare three days a week. So the two days we always do stuff like we get up in the morning and I would say, look, if we go, if we walk to, you know, our favorite coffee shop is called Red Bulb. Shout out to Red Bulb. Uh, we walk down there. She loves going down there because she knows if she goes, they'll make her a little hot chocolate with marshmallows. And so she'll get something that's part of her balanced nutrition. So I always talk to it like that. It's not something we have every day. But if we walk down there and we can stop at the park, we can get that. We can take a, a little snack with us. Then we walk back. We were out yesterday for four and a half hours. The weather's been decent here. Um, you know, 15 degrees yesterday. So four and a half hours to be outside and just play walk a bit, stop, have a drink, walk. So integrating fun things, you know, playing out in the garden, making fun games. So you have to be very creative when it comes to the smaller children. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. And I think that one of the one of the biggest differences between Gareth and I is the, the age gap between our children. But as they get a bit older, and maybe I'm, I don't know, maybe you could say this about any age, but you also can't be a hypocrite. You can't be a fat fucker sitting on the sofa eating Doritos, screaming at your kid to get off video games and go outside. So yeah. you set the pace. You're you the alpha. Yeah. Be the yeah, man. Yeah. So when we've been closed, much like the rest of the world for the past year, and uh, I finally just said, my health is more important to me than leaving it up to the government or, or the gym or whatever. So I kicked my both myself and my wife out of the garage and I outfitted my garage and went and bought all the equipment and I built a home gym. So my son, he's, I had him deadlifting from the age of seven. So oh, you, you set the example and, and little fucker, when he was seven, he weighed 55 pounds and he, he deadlifted, he deadlifted 115. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. What? <laughs> he's stronger than Gareth. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's and setting that example and, and, you know, as dads, and I'm, I, I don't think I'm being exclusive, but as dads, your kids want to do what you do, right? Okay. They, they're going to follow those examples of strength and, and, and dexterity and power. And I'm sure you see it with Harley as well, Gareth, that she wants to emulate you and Nikki. 
Yeah. And she's, you know, we're very fortunate and I, I, I appreciate that kind of, you know, the, the privilege of having two people that work in fitness in the house. But here's, so here's just a quick story that I think will really resonate. So uh, three days a week, I'm coaching online right now and you know, I have my client base. So at 7am, three days a week, I have my, I have group training that I run. And literally we, when we moved into this new house, we took like a third of the basement and we have a fitness space in there that's got everything it's set up with professional cameras and audio and everything so we can stream our stuff from there like many of us in the industry went online so i run that and one thing i observe is out of the you know the dozen people that come on and do the session is at least half of them halfway through the sessions their kids clearly wake up drag themselves out of bed and make their way down to the basement and they're down there doing mountain climbers or they're picking up the dumbbells and doing squats or whatever it is and and harley will come down and she has this really cute thing where she'll go upstairs and she'll uh, she knows that after i work out i often have a protein shake so she thinks i'm working out when i'm coaching so she'll go make a protein shake she'll put the powder in she'll mix it she'll bring it down the stairs and then she'll stay and do like 10 minutes of the workout to which my clients think is hilarious and my point is that not only whether you're you know because people might think, well, if you're a fitness professional, you're doing fitness all day, your kids, of course, they're going to pick that up. But even my clients that are working out three hours a week, they're still influencing their children. So a big benefit of COVID and us working out from home and doing a lot more stuff is that we are influencing our kids for the better because they're able to see what we're doing from an activity standpoint. Yeah, more often than not, I mean, overweight parents will have overweight kids, unfortunately, won't they? So, I mean, even 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 towards the obesity side of it, which we can talk about later if you like. But the yeah, it's it's, it's not surprising that they pick up like pick up the mood and the and the tone of what you're doing, and then pick that up and run with it. I mean, there's I've got a couple of mates who um, you know in, in the fitness industry do the same thing. They, their kids have followed them and go running with them even. And it's interesting what you what you were saying there about um, Carver about. The, the strength training that you've started him early on because that's hopefully dispelled this myth that you can't strength train until you're 16 and i mean that's just so much bullshit you know you, you can, there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're careful obviously but yeah there's no reason why you can't do strength training at a young age it's i have i have shared with him very early on that that my physique saved my life after my motorcycle accident mm-hmm. and he also sees here's the I don't know, secretly I I get a little pleasure out of it, but it also makes me a bit sad. When you see other dads in the community and they're they're fat, they're weak, they're out of shape, and they have no desire to change who they are. And, you know, other dads in the community will actually call me to their house to help lift heavy shit. Like if they've got to move something, I'm the guy (laughs) that gets the call. Yeah. And I think that resonates with Maxim with our son because he sees that his dad is like a big, strong guy, uh, almost 50, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. So he sees that example. And I think it also, it extends the expiration date of what a child thinks is their window to sort of be healthy. Yeah. You know, a lot of kids are like, oh, you're a fucking old man and you're going to die soon. But then he sees his dad who's 50 and probably stronger than most people half my age and he's like, oh wait a minute so it also redefines the yeah. aging process and that vitality right so that's an interesting point yeah yeah definitely yeah that's important we were talking about this recently with your with your parents lee yeah like the different in attitudes with like kind of just age and like you know your it's a generational you know, thing isn't yeah, it yeah it definitely is yeah my, my just just give you a little bit of background guys my 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 dad is um and my and my and my mom it's I, I i said a couple of weeks ago it was like a bit of a failure of mine because as a fitness professional i couldn't get them to just start some even some basic exercise i just no matter what i've said to them i cannot get them to do it 
And um, I know how much it would benefit them, you know, especially my dad, because he's getting more and more frail. He's only, what is he, 75 and it's 76 soon. And he's, you know, he just needs to do it. But I cannot convince him, no matter what, to do it. It's just, I've kind of given up now, which I hate to admit, but. I had a guy yeah. not so long ago who said he like, you know, he was on the phone overweight. He was like, oh, you know, you know, maybe I'm a bit past it. He was like 39 or something. I was like, what yeah, the fuck? Ridiculous writing yourself like, off that age. Yeah, kids as well. I was like, what well, yeah, Carl, you bring out a good point. Like, what message are you sending to your kids that like at the age of 40 you're old and it's time to give up and just like let yeah. nature take it cool? It's madness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, and Lee, is there any um Sorry, I'm not going to take this on as a personal project, but <laughs> in you know to motivate <laughs> to motivate your parents. I mean, is there is there a subset of your practice that you could you could do to cater to you know seniors and elderly and make it more of a group a group setting for the, your parents to join? Unfortunately, they're just not of that mindset, mate. I mean, I've tried right. to, I, 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 one of my recommendations was they retired to Corfu in um, one of the Greek islands. And um, they, there's, there is an expat community there. And I said, why don't you go and try and find an, a, you know, a community and even do some bowling, like, you know, like green, you know, like, because I know there's some clubs there um, that they do that a little, even like ballroom dancing. You know, I was trying to think out of the box to get them doing anything. And it was just like I was speaking a foreign language. Like it was, it was just so out of their, um, what would you call it? Wheelhouse, if you want to use that, yeah. that term. That they, they couldn't really comprehend doing anything physical unless involved gardening. And, and my, my, my mom used to fall back on that. Oh, I do loads of gardening. But yeah, okay, but you're not really getting your heart rate up and you're not, you know, it's just, it's not the same. It's activity, yes, but it's not really exercise that actually generates a result on a, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. So where, how are you, how are you a fitness professional? I mean, we've talked about your podcast today has been about setting the right examples and showing yeah. and, and, you know, having these conversations with our children. Clearly nobody had those conversations with you or set examples for you. So when did you get addicted to it? Um, I, I, if I'm honest, one of the first thing that got me into it, you know, I, I went into it on the, on the bodybuilding side initially and um, Conan the Barbarian did it for me. <laughs> That that is Honestly, still I, to this day an this epic day, movie. Like, yeah, I I saw I saw that when I was about twelve, I think, and um, I was I was like in awe of the whole thing. Like I, you know, the the, the physique, I was just spellbound, and I and, and it stayed with me in, like for years. I mean, still probably even now. And I just thought I want to look something like that. I mean, I you know I never I didn't have any perception of how much effort it required to get to that stage back then. But um, I knew that. I wanted to get um, bigger and more muscular, even from an early age. So, yeah, that started me on the journey. <laughs> That's very similar to me because in my house, you know, we didn't have football. My dad was in the uh, box for Great Britain, was into martial arts. So in our house, it was always, you know, John-Claude Van Damme and Bruce Lee. Yeah. Kids don't have these role models anymore. Like, is it, for a lot of us, that is where we were, our, we were first exposed to, like, um, a certain image that we wanted to be like, or maybe what yeah. men should be like. And, um, but is, is that not the case now? I don't know what, you know, is that not, is it, have they been canceled with these people? <laughs> Are there, I mean, I can't speak for Gareth. I, I maybe the frozen princess chick is Harley's role model, but I know for my son and this is, I love that we're having this conversation. I would like to think that, uh, fucking Captain America or Black Panther or, you know, yeah. one of these 
one of these Marvel icons. No, his his role models are are YouTubers and game yeah. streamers. Uh, Influencers. You know, I was just going to yeah, say that yeah, yeah. And and you know, he would. If I said to him, "Would you rather be, uh, you know, would you rather be built like?" Uh, Captain America or have the skill set like uh, typical gamer is one of the big YouTube streamers. He'd, he'd go YouTuber every day. Yeah. So influence has changed too. It's not just, it's not just all on us anymore. And unlike when, when the four of us were growing up, your parental influence was right in front of you. It was there. It was every day. Now our kids, like what percentage Gareth, do you think parents actually have to influence their kids? Like 10 the world is way more influential today than it was when the four of us were kids. And, and the yeah. access to it as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just going to say the access to it. And I think we have to accept that that's the world we live in. I yeah. think, although I will give, I will give some credit to, I do think that years gone by when we look at things like, you know, we're, we, we are still in a position where we can kind of limit a lot of that stuff and it's a bit easier with a younger child, but you know, we have like movies at the weekend, but in the week it's no TV and, you know, zero minimal technology. So she'll have other things to do. Right. And she's very creative and she'd rather dance with music on anyway. So we're kind of fortunate there. What I will say is when you are influenced to stuff is you have to be aware. She does like some of the older movies and, you know, we'll, we'll kind of talk about Disney cause it's obviously the one everyone knows about. If you look at some of the very questionable role models in the world of like Disney and movies from odd, but when we were kids, questionable shit especially for young girls because they're mm. all it's all disney princesses giving up everything to get married to a prince whereas My now favorites. yeah like you look at like you know <laughs> little mermaid or whatever the fuck it is it, it, they're all very Dude, similar snow, snow white was roofied and left in a cabin <laughs> in the woods yeah. like yeah. come on let's be real here yeah. unpack disney's and yeah. unpack disney's uh uh princess uh history it's not fucking good. No. Yeah, it's not. But then what we do is now we're trying to really, I personally try and lean away from a lot of that stuff to the more modern stuff because there is some good role models in it. And we think, you might think hearing this and other people might hear this and think that's a really weird way to teach your child. But if you look at things, we watched a thing, um, uh, the Scottish Disney movie, Brave, uh, Moana. So a few of these ones that A, they're great at teaching, you know, different cultures, um, you know, different backgrounds, you know, Moana being, um, uh, being, you know, Polynesian and, you know, from Polynesian islands and et cetera. So there's, there's lots of that, but there's also great teachings in that kind of like independence and getting out there and doing those stuff. So the role models are strong, they're independent. Um, you know, they're very much, you know, they're not having to rely on someone. You, you said Elsa Frozen's very similar, right? Like being independent and being a queen and not having to be married to the king and so i think that is teaching a good lesson just a bit outside of fitness but just generally they're very strong role models and that you know that kind of that tends to rub off in the positive and lead to good you know good habits mm. from an activity standpoint what about what about sporting um heroes do you think that's a kind of a bit of an unused potential kind of you know, looking looking at Olympic athletes, and I mean, I always looked at going back. You know, I think me, me and Carl were similar kind of age by the sound of it. I'm I'm 49 now, and I remember D um, Daley Thompson um, in the Olympics doing his backflip. Do you remember that when he won the uh, he won the decathlon? And I I remember just he he was just such an awesome like, role model. I thought he's good at everything, you know. And I I kind of wanted to be a bit like that as well back then. But you don't really seem to hear so much of that, or maybe maybe it's just because I haven't got kids. I don't hear it, but. 
Um, is that still a thing? Are, are kids looking up to to Olympic athletes or sporting heroes as something they want to aspire to as well? I think, at least in my world, and I I I can't I can't speak obviously for everyone, but in my world, my son is gravitating to the hyper elite elite athletes. So the you know Messi, Ronaldo, uh, you know the the that's is Jordan, uh, you know, the actual, the hyper elite athletes, not necessarily because of them being a role model, but because of them being famous and yeah. being world known and world renowned. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, I think it's, it's, again, it's, it's unfortunate that the, the socialization of quasi celebrity has become more of a role model than actual people that are working their fucking ass off every day at yeah. being a role model. Mm. You know, like some social influencer can get a, I don't know, fucking calf implants and that'll get more views than the triathlete that just broke a world record. It's depressing, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I struggle with that. Um, I think a lot of they did um, in the UK anyway. They did a, a, just a survey and asked a load of kids, you know, what would they, what would they want to be when they grow up? And a, a massive proportion said famous. <laughs> yeah, there was no, there was no famous for this, famous for that. It was just famous. I just want to be, you know. And again, without getting off off into the weeds too much, you know, the whole um, kind of made in you know celebrity status of of the of the people who are just basically famous for doing nothing you know like yeah. the, the big brother the um made in chelsea all of that nonsense that that just grinds me up i just i just yeah. you know it's, it's it's famous for nothing and it's not much of an aspiration is it gareth yeah. i wonder do you think there's any when our when we were kids because of how we grew up and i i don't mind saying this out loud my parents were not my role models at all no. um and i don't think to some degree i don't think yours were either gareth so perhaps people of our generation who our parents weren't our role models that's why having role models out in the world athletes uh, um you know professionals billionaires whatever that's why it was so critical but maybe now gareth do we live in an age where in fact it's becoming more and more critical for the parents to become role models to help create that insulation from the sort of the social cancers that are out there. So now more than ever, parents, you got to fucking level up. Like you got to step up your game because you're the one that's going to should be influencing your kids more. I think it's yeah. I think it's that. I think it's exactly that. We have to be the ones that influence. It was easy to ignore um, when we were kids as a parent i imagine it was easy to ignore that sort of stuff and you know i think i think we i think it was easy to i want to talk to dads and men because it's the four of us and it, it was easy to have a role model like it, from you know in my experience my dad as a role model for you know work ethic and you know getting up and needed what needs to be done right paying the bills ensuring that the the, the cars were working and that sort of stuff right the very quasi male things as a dad so i had a, a role and i only realized this a few years ago i had a role model in those things and i always wondered i wonder where this work ethic comes from and that's where it came from i saw it and experienced it but i didn't experience the other things and i think my point was that i think you could kind of get away with it back then because there wasn't this exposure that we have yeah. now 
Now you have to be so hyper aware of everything. So I'm trying to influence Harley's nutrition, her activity. I'm trying to influence, you know, what, what a man is to her. I'm trying to influence, you know, the other kids that she's at daycare, you know, trying to influence what she sees there and trying to educate her. So I just think we have to be a lot more well-rounded as a parent. And yeah, we have to influence across so many different areas that I think is maybe a, a fairly, you know, an evolution in parenting. Yeah. Is that like a case of like, you know, now it's the case of this, they see so much. And I'm just thinking about like, sometimes I scroll through Instagram and think, Jesus, like if I was like younger and I was seeing all these guys, these bodies, I'd feel quite shit about myself. They're now seeing that. So it's almost like as a parent, you have to be like the, the voice of reason. They've seen all this stuff. Then for them to, but then they, you need to be the role model to say, okay, this is not real. This is not real. This is, this is right. This is wrong. This is someone to look up to. This is someone you should avoid. Is it, is it, there's definitely a role where you almost have to take control now. and You almost have to be the filter. Absolutely. The language, the language that we use with our children, I mean, it's so critical and it's, it's so powerful because, and we, I think before we started recording, Phil, you said that, you know, you're, you're the language that you're using around your stepkids you're starting to become aware that maybe it's not the best influence mm. because you you feel skinny fat and your wife with five extra pounds who probably is shredded, you know. So the language, it's so important that how we communicate when those little ears are listening. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, keep that shit to yourself. And that's what I say to my wife because she's on a weight loss journey. Um you know, I'm on a different journey on my path to my 50th birthday, but you, you, we can't change how you feel as an adult, but you got to change how you communicate when those little ears are around. Yeah. And that's what I was going to bring you back up. I dread to think that like they're growing up to think that my fiance and I'm fat or skinny because we're not, <laughs> we're, we are, I, you know, we're for, for the, you know, we're in good shape, but I don't want them to grow up, especially when you add that to Instagram and social media for them to grow up and be like, Jesus, I'm only going to be accepted. I'm only valuable if I've got a six pack or if I'm muscular or this and this, because they're going to grow up with the bar raised way too high. Yeah. Um, and it's only going to set them up for, you know, eating disorders or, you know, anxiety, yeah. depression, that kind of thing. Yeah. That's a good point, actually, because I mean, as we all know, um, a lot of the, you know, the fitness professionals out there, myself included, I mean, I've had a photo shoot for, for promotional reasons. Um, so, you know, a lot of these images that you see, that, you know, you, as a youngster without the benefit of the knowledge that we have it would assume that that person looks like that all the time you know whereas they've they've trained for that day they've dieted down they've probably dehydrated themselves to hell to look you know incredible for these photos and then um you know they've lived off it for years maybe so you know again you, you know you, you're looking at an unrealistic expectation as a child going i want to look like that um you know, and that, and that could, I suppose that could be damaging. That's something that you need to be aware of as well as a parent. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Like teaching your kids the difference between the highlight reel and reality. Yeah. Especially with Instagram, things like that. I mean, it's so easy just to drop a photo on or something like that. And then, yeah. you know, the, the, the child, if they, you know, I'm amazed by how much access children have. I mean, that's a whole nother subject, but access to social media that kids have. I mean, I don't know what the long term you know, damages of that or whether it's not damaged at all. Maybe it's a good thing long-term. I don't know, but yeah. I, I guess it's a little bit of a, of a gray area, isn't it? Because it's something that's developing so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, it makes me think that 
like you said, it's out there anyway. They're getting influenced it. And I think it could it, it could be a good thing because it is the world. And yes, we see highlight reels on social media as opposed to real life. But I refer it to, you know, like growing up as, you know, where when we grew up and I'm sure you guys are similar is, you know, you think about the topic of sex and sex education. Like that was something that was always there. It's always been there or else we wouldn't be here as a species. So it was there, but as kids, it was kind of like taboo and and it wasn't massively taboo in my house, but it's not like we sat around the dinner table talking about it either. <laughs> yeah. So it was already there and we were exposed to it. And then we kind of figured it out on our own and probably fucked us all up in some capacity when it came to you know that side of our lives i feel like it's the same thing like social media and that is out there and it's there and that's what i said it's about awareness as a parent you need to be able to say rather than saying i'm just going to ignore it and keep my blinkers on and pretend it's not a thing and not give them a cell phone they'll find it anyway like because we all went out and found a porn magazine when we were 12 you can find it like it's not it's out there, right? So I think we have to accept it's out there and have those conversations and talk about, you know, social media and those influences and like all that thing's so important. Yeah. So yeah, to your point, I agree. Yeah. And uh, just last thing I'll add to that is, you know, as four gym rats, the four of us here, uh, whether now or at some point in our lives, I'm sure we can all relate to the fact that our physique was directly connected to our self-worth. And those lines of self-worth, they get really fucking blurry. And yeah. those that's like for grown men, those lines are blurry. Can you imagine a five-year-old or a 10-year-old who starts to question their self-worth? They can't pump the brakes and keep it just at their physique. That self-worth is going to be infected with their, with their intelligence, with their emotional intelligence, with how they communicate, with their marks in school, the relationships that they have. Self-worth is that's a that's a motherfucker, because once you start to question it, man, that just seeps into all that other shit in your life. We've four of us. I'm sure we've all been there. Yeah. Well, you start to see a lot more kind of depression in in younger kids and like self self self-harming. And, um, you know, again, it's my my experience of that is very limited, but only from what I've gathered. um, You know, you start to see more of that and bully online bullying and things like that. I suppose you just the question is, I suppose, how much of how much control you put on, you know, what the kids see, or do you just trust that they're going to make sensible decisions? That's that's again a massive, massive, tricky, tricky one. I mean, where do you Mm. go with that? Yeah, right. I want to steer this a little bit in another direction because I want to talk about because obviously I was just keen to get it back onto fitness a little bit. And something that you're going to get a lot from parents is I'm too busy. And let's say you take the average person also has a probably a full-time job. Gareth, what strategies do you have for clients when they're busy and they're trying to fit exercise in? I know in lockdown, maybe it's been a bit easier for some. Maybe it's been harder actually psychologically, but maybe they have had more time. What about when the real world opens and they're back to doing full-time work, trying to do everything else? Where's where? How do you get them to find the time, make the time? Uh, my uh my professional answer is hire a coach that can uh, schedule that for you um (laughs) (laughs) number one uh but no joking aside uh, i think that is part of it you need in its schedule right so my 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 joke answer is hire me i'll make sure you get those three workouts in a week i'll make sure it's structured i'll take care of the programming i'll get everyone there you just need to you know, right now you just need to click the join button on your computer, but, or you just need to be there. Mm. So having that schedule, because that's where people struggle. And my answer, my first answer to anyone in any area of coaching, whatever part of their well being is, is schedule, schedule, schedule yeah, every time. Yeah. Always. It's routine. Yeah. Like it has to be routine. 
Because if you're not if you're not prioritizing it and putting it in there, you're not booking it. So I ask my clients, book it in. Right now, it's great because they get they're getting a calendar invite for a video call, so it's going yeah. straight in their calendar. And I always tell them, don't just ignore that and then go find it the day. Put it in your calendar. Yeah. It's there. So knowing it's there, and that's how I've managed it. Like you know, running, you know, having a job and doing those things. And yeah, do I have to get up at five a.m. to get my workout in? Yeah, I do. But yeah. that's that's where I choose yeah. to schedule it in my day, right? So it always comes back to that. And the first thing I always ask is, is it scheduled? Yeah. And I guarantee you the answer, if they're struggling, is no. Yeah. Or oh, that's the thing that I say, like, with my clients, most of them are business owners. It's like, you wouldn't just not turn up to a business meeting. You wouldn't, no, you wouldn't just turn up to date night. You wouldn't just not turn up. These things are because they're that important to you. But you'll skip the gym, like, in a heartbeat. So that's why I would say, like, put it in your diary. If Monday at two in the afternoon... Two weeks in two weeks from now is your gym time. Then don't book anything over it. You know, aside from maybe the odd emergency, make fitness a part of your diary that is non-negotiable. Yeah, because it is. It should be non-negotiable, especially when you compare it to maybe going to the pub, for example. So yeah. that's that's how I do it as well. Put it in the diary, prioritize it, and, and schedule it in. That's yeah, and I, I think is get my clients to do as well. Sorry, I was just going to say the uh, on, a, on a, I get them to try get them to on a Sunday to schedule their week ahead. Um, so put the, I, I mean, I do it myself. So I, I kind of lead by example. I'll try to, so on a, on a, on a Sunday, I'll, I'll schedule my four workouts that I do for strength, um, ahead of, ahead of the game and, and slot it in where I can. Um, and I try and get them to do the same, but it's not always as easy as that, but it's, it's at least a start, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, what I was going to say to that is, I think where we we typically see, you know, the the peripheral kind of, you know, advice around fitness, and it's oh, train, you know, you need to exercise, vigorous exercise, 150 minutes a week or whatever it is. It's three times a week. That's great. People go, oh well, I got my plan. I'm going to get my 150 minutes, and I'm like, great. What happens when it gets to fucking Friday and you haven't done any yet? Like yeah. that's the problem, right? Yeah. Is yeah. then it's not working. So you've got to say, reality, where do you fit this in? Like, where can you put it in your schedule? If you know three days a week, you're out of the house early, the other two days you need to schedule that workout. And so you've got to be out of, like you mm. said, plan it, right? Look at the week and say, yeah. where am I going to get it in? So you know when you're recovering, you mm. know when you're hitting your workouts and you know when there's days it's not going to get in the way or there's times it's not mm. going to get in the way. Yeah. That's, um, I, I was going to say, go on, Carl, you go. You haven't said anything on that. I don't, I don't train anymore, but I often get, you know, friends and peers that, bitch and whine that they don't have time <laughs> i'm i'm much less professional um and my response is a little bit more visceral i tend to just say look uh first of all bullshit uh if you're saying you don't have time then it's just not important to you yet so that's a different conversation if you're saying you don't have time then it is not yet something you want to make time for but the brutality of all of this, and we started this conversation with that word brutality, but the brutality of all of this is there's a high likelihood that a minimal investment now equals a huge payoff at the other end. So if I said to somebody, do you want to, at the age of 60, if I could say to you, you know what, at 60, you've got another 20 years to live a good, long, healthy life. But from 40 to 60, you need to make a three hour per week investment. Would you do it? Well, everybody in the right fucking mind would say, of course I'd do it. If you tell me at 60, I've got 20 years of long, happy living, and this is what it costs. So to me, time is time's the investment. And one of my favorite quotes is men speak of killing time while time quietly kills them. I like that. 
Beautiful. We can't get this shit back, guys. So to say you don't have the time, you know what? Damn you, because you might be right. You don't invest in your body now, and you're right. You won't have the time because you'll be dead. Yeah. I would say from a from a practical point of view, I often find that the guys that say they've got time are often sometimes, you know, this is humans. They are, we tend to be all on, I think. We're either like fat, lazy slobs, or we want to be like wannabe bodybuilders. So then they think, I haven't got the time because so-and-so said I need to train six days a week in the gym or I need to do... Know, three classes so sometimes i have clients it's like lowering their expectations can you find three half an hour sessions a week and do it from covid's been a good example of one thing i've i'm hated about lockdown is training at home but one thing i've loved is the fact that i can just walk into the next room and instead of doing a four-hour round trip i'm doing 45 minutes but you know can you train from home so that's something I, I say to a lot of people can we lower the expectations a little bit and say then say to them it's a better question when you say to someone can you find three hours a week versus just saying something like just find the time so would you agree on that it's a better strategy to to, to lower the bar slightly yeah 100 percent. i think um that that's one of the reasons during lockdown i've given everybody much shorter workouts um because i know for you know working from home often you, you've got massive distractions so um again similar to what you just said about the lowering the expectation of yourself so if you say even if you say to yourself we covered this on another podcast phil is where you uh, you say right i'm going to do 20 minutes that's it and so if you can go in with that kind of thought process of this is going to be a 20 minute workout i can almost guarantee on minute 20 you're thinking actually i'm enjoying this i'm going to do another 10 or another 15 and you actually complete maybe a couple more sets or a couple more um exercises than you actually planned initially on um, so that that I think has worked to a point with with um, my clients in 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 the lockdown for sure. That resonate with people that are using time as an excuse when it really isn't the problem. If it's legitimately the problem, it is. But sometimes people are using "I'm too busy" because yeah. they don't they they think they don't like it. They haven't seen results in the past, and they just you know like going back to what Carl said. If you, if someone says you're going to put in three hours a week and you get extra twenty years, the problem is so many people are used to putting time into fitness and then not getting anything back. That at some point they go. I'm not going to get the return. So maybe that's it. So maybe that's a case of re-education, which goes back to what Gareth said, hire a coach. It'll give you the strategy. It'll, it'll write out the plans and it will just be a case of you to just go, can I do it daily? Tick the box. And we've talked about that with Matt. We talked, we talked about that with uh, the professor, didn't we? Just, yeah. you know, process goals, just making them so easy to do that every day you just tick a box. Again, and again, it comes down to coaching, you know, rather than spending 20 minutes doing some bicep curls with a band, which is going to get you minimal, you know, results, you, you know, hitting compounds and that kind of thing. And something that's actually going to be generating a lot of, of calorie burn and a lot of muscle action, you know, is, is going to be something that's, it's going to be way more valuable. Yeah, efficiency. Efficient, yeah, exactly. Efficiency of time. Exactly. I had a, uh, I had a guest on last week and I think the show aired this week. Uh, one of your fellow countrymen, James Boardman. Um, he runs a, agency called the man he's the man coach and he and i had a great chat and we ended the chat and he said something that just is so simple but it, it's so profound you need to create to all those out there that they're that are saying they don't have enough time to work out you need to create an emotional connection to why you want to work out or why you don't want to work out but you need to create an emotional connection to why physical health could be important so for me it's my kids it's my family when I don't want to work out, I go work out because I am emotionally connected to my kids. And the language that he advised you use is whatever that emotional connection is, is it worth it? Right. So 
if we can create emotional an emotional connection to physical health and well-being and attach it to something that is definitely undisputably fucking worth it, then I think also that helps a lot of the arguments around, oh, I don't have the time, I can't do it, I don't want to do it. So, um, yeah. I just wanted to add to that because I think it's important to go, it, it kind of comes back to something else we said earlier about the uh, the vulnerability and the openness of us as fitness professionals is you, you have to have an emotional connection. And I made a post about this last year and got some uh, interesting uh, DMs and responses from it because the post was about it's okay if your goal is to look better or something to that nature. I'm paraphrasing because I can't really remember. And I got a few got a few supportive messages but got some backlash too. So we're like, oh, but that's yes. promoting, right? That's promoting. You love that, don't you? You love the backlash. But um, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's like promoting that, you know, it's about the way you look and da-da-da-da-da. Well, but if that, if that, I mean, I'm not saying it's perfect, and I'm not saying for me it's not my own emotional connection, but a lot of the time at 5 a.m. when it's pitch black and it's fucking freezing in Canada, <laughs> I need to go in my basement where there's no, like, insulation and do a workout, is sometimes I have to say to myself, you don't want to be a fat kid. So get your fucking ass out of bed, go downstairs and work out because you will live longer. And, you know, there's a there's a chain to that, right? Like to Carl's point, like, I don't want to be the fat kid. I don't want to be unhealthy. I don't want to be dead before I get to 60. I don't want to be not here for my for my child. So there's a link to it. But it's sometimes the brutal reality is I don't want to be a fat kid again. Mm. And that's and what I was trying to basically say in that post is that's OK. It isn't for everybody but it depends on your journey and it depends on, you know, and it's also about being realistic, right? Like you said, someone saying, Oh, I'm fat. Cause I've got a few extra pounds. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is I know what it's like to be unhealthy, to be fat, to be picked on all that shit that I don't want. So that's why I'm going to go work out. Yeah. And that's your button. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's your trigger. That's, and, and everybody's going to be different, aren't they? And it's, you've got to find your, your trigger in, in, yeah. in a way. I get this a lot of, uh, when I do like uh, coaching, when I, when I talk to prospective clients or like leads, we talk about goals and you and you'll be surprised how many of them say, you know, this is a bit vain, but I guess I, you know, I want to look better. They say it as if it's a bad thing to say. Yeah. And I'm always like, if you want to walk around in your pants of a six pack or on the beach or by the pool, or whatever, and you want to look great. Like one of my clients said, one of the first things he said to me was, I just don't want to be the fat dad when I pick up kids from school, then that's fine. Like it's your mm. motivation. If, but you know, if, on the other hand, if it is, you know, to live longer for your kids, that's just as good. As long as it gets you motivated to get up at 5am or stay up. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, and that actually does, I did a, some Facebook ads a couple of years ago, put quite a lot of money and I had the, the same client had a six pack, two things he'd done. He'd gone from being a bit flabby to getting a six pack, but he'd also got off most of his medication for type two diabetes at the age of 53. That was his reason for doing it. When I tested the ads, the one that talked about the six pack got more of a response than talking about health because health is yeah. not sexy and no one thinks they're going to die until they do right yeah, so yeah. so sometimes you do need to just play sometimes it's okay just to be like i want to walk into a room and people to look at me or i want my wife to look at me or my partner to look at me and think i'm sexy it's, and you're right it's okay to do it i don't know why people have such a problem with that no. it's nothing yeah. wrong with that we get we get that a lot i mean just i guess I, I i work um i do some classes as well here and when we're when we're interviewing the people you know, come in to join um it's it's nearly always the first thing that they'll say. I just want to look better, you know. And it's it's not it's not a vanity thing necessarily. It's not the they want to they want to look you know they look good to compare to other people. It's just for themselves. So I think that's absolutely right. There's nothing wrong with that at all. If if it's a, your motivator, go with it. I mean, exactly. yeah, I I would agree. And I think that you hit the nail on the head there. With um, it has to be. It's okay for that to be your to be your goal, but it has to be for you. 
I don't want to not be the fat kid for anyone else's approval. Maybe yeah. deep down I do. Uh, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. But, um, it, it's not about that. It's about me not wanting to feel like that. I don't want to feel like that. And yes, it's to do with other people because when you're a kid and you get bullied and all that other shit, right? It is, yes, it's about that. But it, for me, it's about the way I feel in my body now. That's a lot to do with it. So I might say it's, I don't want to be, I don't want to be the fatty anymore, but it, yeah. what I'm saying is I want to feel better in me. And yeah. when, I, when I was able to connect that, so it was an internal thing about me, although it was about the way I looked, when I made it internal about me, that's how I kept that schedule and that routine and was able to get up and do it. Yeah. And unless you've hired a coach and that's who you're talking to, mind your fucking business. <laughs> yeah, that's a bloody good point. Yeah. <laughs> Like, sh shut up. If somebody is doing it because they want to look good or to get off meds or to see their grandkids or just mind your fucking business. Yeah. If somebody is motivated to be a better version of themselves, that should be enough. Yeah, it's an incredibly personal thing. So you're quite right. It's just like. I would much rather everyone goes around. I would much rather everyone goes around saying I want to look good, be in shape to look good than, than to go around and say that being overweight is 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 like good, you know, like with this body positivity stuff. Like I'd much rather everyone was vain than unhealthy. It would be yeah. to me, it's a much better choice. And then, then they, I think that with this, as long as you don't put it on anyone else, if they're your goals and they're your personal and they're your personal motives, it's fine. I guess as long as you don't, it goes back to what we said about kids. If you don't want to maybe make, put those reasons why on your kids, but Gav had a good point. As long as you, you know, you make it fun for them. It's, it's acceptable. It's interesting. Some of the backlash you can get oh, when yeah. you post on Instagram. For me, if you've never done it, if you've ever run Facebook ads and you obviously you're pumping out ads to like thousands of people, some of the shit you get on those oh, ads know, is yeah. fucking ludicrous. It's quite funny to you know, normally I used to reply and get a bit like pissed off about now. Just laugh. It's yeah. pretty brilliant. Well, and it, again, right. It's about that. It's because you're, you're speaking to the masses and they're taking it personally. And if they're taking it personally, that says a lot about a lot about what's going on internally for them but then, yeah. um but it's 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 you're talking to the masses right like we like we're saying it's okay to be like that for some people it's not that person might have a fucking eating disorder and it's not okay for them and that's fine then don't fucking gear your goal around the way you look if if that's going to cause that in you or it has caused mm. that in you sure mm. but if it isn't and that's okay if that's creating a better healthier version of you and it, yeah just it, that person that gets triggered by that is is probably got some some shit to work on yeah. let's face it they're probably going to be outraged by just about everything <laughs> yeah yeah, Definitely. you can't don't you can't you can't make all the Karens of the world happy. So no. don't don't try. And who no. wants to? Let's face it. They're gonna yeah. they love being outraged. You'd you'd really upset them if you actually brought some peace to them. <laughs> What's I, I should know this. What's the masculine uh masculine version of a Karen? Oh, that's a good idea. I don't know. What would it be? Keith, what do we maybe? call them? A Keith? Dave? A Dave? <laughs> a Dave. I don't oh, know, yeah. but the videos on TikTok of these Karens are fucking hilarious. There was one the other day where the woman was driving down the road and these guys had pulled her over and they were, she was like, you're harassing me, you know, filming. They were like, ma'am, ma'am, like, listen. And she's like, oh, you're I saw following that. me. And they're like, you've got, you've got. And she had the fucking, she'd driven away from the petrol station with the pump still in. And she was driving down the road with the pump lead. Like, yeah, they, I they saw were, that. They were trying to tell her for that. Yeah, I love it. ripped it off the machine. <laughs> yeah. But you have the audacity to believe that these men are following you because they're interested in you. Like, how arrogant do you have to be to think <laughs> yeah. they're following you just to like maybe get your number or something? It's so funny. <laughs> Oh God, Lee! How much time do you have now? You, I've just seen the time. I've, I've got. I'm going to have a client willing and, and able to train with me in about um, at, at four thirty. So that gives me to, like I don't know, a couple, three minutes, three or four minutes to finish off. But feel free to crack on, guys. I'll just make my polite excuses and leave, and then you can crack on. 
Yeah, I feel like we've covered a lot. Has anything, guys? We've covered nutrition. Um, I feel like we've covered everything we wanted to cover. Yeah, I mean, I we could we've done pretty well. I mean, I, I really enjoyed that. It was a great conversation. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah Love you it. Guys got any final, any final words of wisdom, you two, for parents who want their kids to grow up not thinking they have to have six packs and be amazing, but also not to end up fat? <laughs> I think I think one last thing, and we've said it already, but I just want to, you know, hopefully there's some people listening still. Um, <laughs> is uh, I want to I want to just reconfirm that just be careful with the words you use and the, you know, the language. Let's say the language because it's not always words. The language you use around nutrition, health, and exercise, and just be sure that even though there might be some other shit going on in your head, you're using the the byproducts or the the emotional connections that are gonna promote you know a positive experience for your kids because we all we're all guilty of not doing it we can all be more aware of doing it so yeah yeah and and to be a little perhaps overly melodramatic the reality is whether they are yours or other people's kids are our future so the version of children that we help create will ultimately end up benefiting us anyways so remember that the decisions you make about your own physical and mental health, yes, of course, you are the beneficiary of that, but the children in your world will also intrinsically benefit from that. And then fast forward, because you've done everything right, you've got that 60 to 80 years to live. And when you're 70 and you can't wipe your own ass or you can't move your own house or you need somebody to help you make your own meals, oh, fuck, those kids that had this great example set for them that are now 50, but they're in perfect health because they've made great choices their whole life. They're still virile enough to take care of you. Yeah. That's a win. <laughs> so just be selfish about it. In other words, hundred <laughs> percent. If for no other reason, <laughs> Brilliant, guys. I've really enjoyed that. I mean, we could have probably spoken for hours. We could have, have probably do done it. another hour. Yeah, easy. we can easily do another one. Or maybe, maybe Lee and I come on yours. That'd be, that'd be super cool to just carry yeah, on. Yeah, we'll, but... we'll get you back on for another chat if that's all right, guys. Yeah, it's actually, this conversation actually went in a direction that I think was better than I had in my head. It was less just fitness kind of, you know, reps yeah. and sets and time and stuff. It was more, I enjoyed the conversation much more than it than I thought, yeah, than, than what was planned in my mind, which is the way it normally goes. If you just don't, if you wing it a little bit and just uh, let things flow. So I've really enjoyed it, guys. Thanks for coming on. Thanks Thank you. You guys are amazing. Keep up the incredible work and anything we can do to help support you guys. Uh, um, we're in this together. So let's sure do it. See that I'm wearing my, my hey, oh, uh, there it is. As well. <laughs> we need to get our own. We need to get our own stuff made, Lee. Yeah, we do. We need point. to get some merch. We need to get some merch. Oh, you hate just using that word, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> like he's 49. He just said merch. I know. <laughs> it's like I feel like hatred. I need to wash my mouth out with soap now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god i gotta tag somebody on my socials because i have new merch I, 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 I even struggled to say dm i feel like I'm i know, I know. even on instagram i still want to put pm or message i just I feel like a 12 yeah. year old like inst incident like oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right cheers guys. guys i'm gonna cheers for that guys thanks Take care, everyone all thanks right. for listening be well if you enjoyed this episode of mature muscle please subscribe and find us on most social media. Until next time, stay shredded.